welcome to Get Over It, the Consciousness Transforming Podcast for Exceptional 21st Century Living. I am going to love this show. I know you are too, and we haven't even heard it yet. Um, but we're speaking today with Lilith Dor- Dorsey, and she is the writer of the particular book we're talking about, Water Magic, Elements of Witchcraft. Um, if you're wondering about witchcraft, if you're wondering about voodoo, voodoo, however you want to say it, if you're wondering about gemstones and herbs, this is the book to get. She has a very interesting take, providing some historical background on many subjects. And then she talks about waters in many different ways. So you guys know that water, that that book that came out about water a while ago, where you write your name, like love on the water, and all of a sudden it fuses the uh, bottle of water with love. That's great, but this takes it 10,000 times deeper. You're really going to love this show. Now, the information shared on Get Over It uses intuitive and pragmatic insight to help you shift your consciousness to break through the blocks and release energy that is no longer needed. Yes, we're going to help you let go of the BS that's been holding you back. But you guys know I always ask that question, are you truly ready to? And by the way, folks, BS is belief system. A bit about me for my new listeners, intuitive since birth. I'm a third generation intuitive with over three decades of experience supporting people to break through the blocks along their path. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation, revealing cutting edge information that enables you to prosper and thrive. I spent 25 successful years in corporate America as an executive sales professional, and I'm the founder of Healing Visions Ministries and the Northern California Children's Education Network at 501c3 Nonprofit. I provide consultations and healings in all areas of life that heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live your very best life. Now, my clients tell me that I keep it real while providing them with accurate information to assist them along their journey as a spirit living a human existence, but... They also say, if you really don't want to know, don't ask Monique. My background includes a doctorate in metaphysics, Reiki master teacher, ordained minister, and clinical hypnotherapist. So whether you are stressed, depressed, or possessed, I can help. Find out more about me and the services I offer, go to my website, and that's MoniqueChapman.com. And I invite you to like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. My guest today, Lilith Dorsey, holds a master's degree, and she comes from many magical traditions. Her traditional education focused on plant science, anthropology, and film at uh, URI, NYU, and the University of London, and their magical training, and her magical training uh, includes initiation in, she told me how to say this, and I'm going to screw it up, Lukumi, is that right? Yes, yes, Haitian Voodoo, and New Orleans Voodoo. She is also a Voodoo priestess, and has been doing uh, magic since 1991 for her patrons. She's written a documentary that I'm going to let her talk to you about, and she's also the choreographer and lead performer for Dr. John's Night Tripper Voodoo Show. And guys, if you haven't checked it out, you need to. Um, She's written many books on the subject, and we'll talk about those a little bit later. And her website is LilithDorsey.com, L-I-L-I-T-H-D-O-R-S-E-Y.com. Welcome, Lilith. Oh, thank you so much for having me on, Monique. This is such a joy. I'm so excited about talking to you today. Thank you. I am so glad to have you on. You know, um, the book is absolutely wonderful. Water magic. Why water magic at this time? 
Well, ironically, the publishers came to me, my editor, uh, Heather Green came and she wanted to put together an element series and it was really in the beginning stages and she had some ideas and I didn't even really think of myself as a water person. It was uh -huh. just like, what? Because I'm a fire sign with a, the air rising oh. and a moon. So I'm <laughs> You're just like, what? What? Okay. You know, but the more I started thinking about it, it was like, I'm dedicated to Oshun, who in the mm -hmm. Lukumi and too. Santo tradition. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's beautiful. Yay. So, yeah, there's a natural connection there. For those of you who don't know, I mean, she's the Ashe or the sacred energy of the river. So uh -huh. I've always had that kind of water energy. I grew up in New York City next to the water. And now I live in New Orleans right next to the water. Oh, wow. Well, I grew up in Albany, New York. So yeah, I know you guys from New York City don't call consider Albany, New York, but it is. And it now, is, I, it is. And now yeah. I live in San Francisco by the water. So, hey, we okay. both, you know, um, found our way around water. But let's back up a second and let me ask you, what is voodoo and how is it connected to witchcraft or is it? I tend to say that there's a difference. I think both systems are magical, but they're also very different. When I talk about voodoo, there's New Orleans voodoo specifically, which is what we practice here in the city. And mm -hmm. that is a variation of African traditional religion. The roots of all of these trace back to Africa. If we look at voodoo or Haitian Vodan, which is another variant of it, that also goes back to Africa from the Benin region. If we look at some of the other traditions, they are from the Yoruba region or Nigeria. But this is the primarily where we're talking about. But if we look at New Orleans, it also blends with everything else that's here. It's sort of a spiritual gumbo mixed mm -hmm. with the Choctaw and the Chickasaw who were here before any you know, mm -hmm. uh, the colonizers or enslaved people or Spanish or French or everybody else who decided to come through, came through. And it really did pick up the best parts of all of that. It's a spiritual system based in nature. That's probably the simplest way I can explain it. It's based on the sacred energy or ashe of the universe that everything has. And just aligning yourself with that to be your best self and to go on your proper path through life. Well, how did it get such a reputation that, oh, my goodness, if you practice voodoo that, you know, you're a horrible person, you're trying to manipulate people or situations, which in actuality, I think everybody's manipulating something or someone every day. But how did it get such a negative uh, reputation, especially All here? Right. Can I be real? Can I give like the black woman real talk on this? For I, I, want <laughs> I, I want black woman real talk. <laughs> okay. I might not so, be here, folks, on the other end when she when she's done, but no. <laughs> no, no, girl, I think keep it real. Two reasons. I think there's two reasons. First mm -hmm. of all, it was the magic that was of an enslaved people for over 400 mm -hmm. years. So if you're enslaved and the worst, most possible, terrible things are happening to you morning, noon, and night, and you have a really strong magical system, you're going to use whatever you can to fight back. So I think it did have more like, oh, how do I take this person out? Because maybe this person out you needed to take out was like hurting you or selling your children or raping you or some crap mm -hmm. like that, you know, so you're going to develop some strong stuff like that. And yes, we do have that. But that's not what we choose to practice on a day to day basis. And that's not what the focus of it is. The focus is really on ancestors and a history of their religion. That's what the focus is. But Hollywood said it's something different. <laughs> and I think colonizers huh? said it was something different. You know, for so many years, enslaved people, they weren't allowed to have any books except the Bible. So, uh -huh. how is, you know, how are we going to still have a magical system? And that's where you get things like hoodoo and a lot of the Southern folk traditions where it 
did grow up without having the same kind of history and connection to Africa that they were allowed to have in Haiti, which was a free colony. It had its own problems, but they did Mm -hmm. allow people to go back. Cuba allowed people to go back to Nigeria from the very beginning. So -hmm. that has a more formalized system, you know, whereas voodoo and hoodoo, especially in the Southern United States are more uh, free form, I think is what I'm going to say. Okay. Well, you know, it's interesting that, you know, associated with the negativity of it for a while was associated with any and everything Black. But if someone who was outside of the Black uh, genre came up and they wanted something done, the first thing they did was seek out a Black person to help them out. I, I, I To me, it's just like really amazing how um, people just... Uh, think that we're so powerful, which we are, but that we just want to do negative to, you know, any and everybody, you know, take this person out for whatever reason. And it's so not like that, folks. Uh, You can utilize this energy, this system, this very high spiritual system to help yourself in many ways. And notice I said, help yourself, and then you can help other people. Um, Lilith, you um, worked with the energy of Dr. John, especially in the Night Tripper voodoo show first of all enlighten people on who dr john is okay dr john there's two dr johns there's Mm -hmm. the original dr john from back in marie laveau's time here in new orleans the late 1800s and he was a senegalese tribesman and a drummer and he used to perform ceremonies with marie laveau out in the swamps and congo square in all of those places and uh He had a sad end. And Dr. John, the Night Tripper, is a musician whose real name is Mac Rebinac. And he took the name of Dr. John because he wanted to honor that energy in the city. And he got 11 Grammys. And I worked for him for five or six years. He recently passed, unfortunately, years ago. Um, And we were very close. And I'm still close with his granddaughter. But he really made voodoo on stage in the public be what it is and not a bad thing, be something that was magical, be something that was mystical, be something that was part of the character of the city, as he would say. Mm -hmm. And he did a lot for music as well. When I went to the memorial, the Neville brothers stood up there on stage and Cyril said, there would not be black people on stage with white people in America today if it wasn't for Dr. John, Mac Rebinac. And it just made me cry, you know, to hear Mm -hmm. somebody as, you know, well accomplished and famous as the Neville's like just really give props to Mac and Mm -hmm. uh, you know he was such an amazing person so to be able to work with him doing the sacred dances he wanted somebody who knew how to do the authentic voodoo dances both from Haiti and from Mm -hmm. New Orleans again back in Marie Laveau's time back at the turn of the century so Mm -hmm. I had been a dancer and I had studied dance both on film and in person and I said hey what about me (laughs) (laughs) do it not shy little you (laughs) yeah yeah that's my advice to anyone listening if there's something you can do and somebody asks you for a recommendation consider whether or not you can do it and put yourself forward you know and it was beautiful we had an amazing time we went in front of over 10,000 people at Bonnaroo we did jazz fest I traveled with him and he really was like a second dad to me he was just Mm -hmm. so special to me And folks, she did all this while raising a family, okay? So it's not like she chose one thing over another. She's a busy lady. And talk to us about your documentary. 
Oh, well, um, I mean, I always made films. I did my undergrad at film. I, I like to tell people I went to NYU right after Spike Lee left. So that was oh. a very different <laughs> climate than it is today. There were no black women in there. There were very few black people in there at all. So, mm -hmm. and I made experimental documentaries, things that were, you know, designed to open people's minds. And then I had my daughters and I went back as a graduate student and focused on doing documentaries. And I really wanted to make a documentary about New Orleans voodoo because I wanted our voice to be heard. I was already a member of the Voodoo Spiritual Temple here in New Orleans mm -hmm. at that point, probably for over a decade. And, you know, run by Priestess Miriam, a black woman, started with her husband, Priest Ashwan, a black man from Belize. And the two of them just were so inspiring to me. And I wanted to be able to tell their story in the words of somebody who was inside the community and had all the necessary respect and reverence for what was being told in that moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's why I went back to school and I had to fight with NYU. I almost, I have a great story where I almost lost the tripod and the airport. Court and uh -oh. while I was on the plane with Jodie Foster and it was crazy and I thought I thought nobody was ever going to be able to check out a tripod again they were like very angry if you can imagine how angry mm -hmm. a big institution like NYU gets when you lose a thousand dollar tripod ah <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> Just working over honey come up with the money <laughs> <laughs> so I had a few days of praying and searching and calling the people at the airport and eventually they found it so mm -hmm. yes yes so mm -hmm. um but yeah I really just wanted to tell that story and it was something that was so important to me and uh, ironically since we're talking about my book water magic I called the documentary bodies of water and I mm -hmm. shot it the year before Katrina happened oh. so and it was all about the connection that the religion has to the water mm -hmm. in New Orleans and also how the water shapes the character of the religion wherever it goes, be it New York City or Cuba or Jamaica or Belize or wherever. You know, it's, it's influenced by that water because water is so powerful and so strong wherever you go. Yes, it is. And it's very interesting that right now the East Coast of the United States is being deluged with water. And here I am in California. And it's like, please give us a, a drop, you know. Um, so it's very yes. interesting to watch the energy. Now, is that um, energy itself of having too much water and then not enough? Is that spirit trying to speak to us in some way? A lot of the African traditional religions really believe that water has to do with the underworld and not just, you know, African tradition for all over the world. And I talk about this in the book. So for me, I do think it is a response in some way to this energies of the dead, the energies of the ancestors speaking to us to really, I know this is going to sound cliche, but it's also true. We have to take care of our planet you know, mm -hmm. and, and I think that they're trying to get that message across to us that, that we really need to start looking at these things. We've ignored it for so long. Mm -hmm. Now in your book, um, Water Magic, you talk about working with um, one of my favorite things on earth and that's gemstones. Um, and you also share um, a, at great length, how, what types of gemstone should never be immersed in water because some people say I'll just throw them in and put some salt on it and it'll clear out everything and you're like no so talk to us about how we can work with the energy of water in gemstones and possibly an elixir or two 
Well, they make these wonderful bottles now that you can get where you can put the gemstones in a sort of cylinder that drops down into the mm-hmm. thing. So it's not actually touching the water. And I think that's a great way of doing it and a great way where you can, you know, you don't necessarily have to worry about, oh, is this thing going to interfere? They also have plenty of people who've done the work for you and made the preparations. I remember getting some 20 or 30 years ago when it was new and it was amazing. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm drinking this stuff. Like, <laughs> but I'm really big on magical baths and magical floor washes too, you know, Mm -hmm. so that's not necessarily something that you're going to be in ingesting and drinking, you know, your bath, obviously you don't want it to be on your skin if it's toxic, but you could put your favorite crystal on the edge of the bathtub that'll infuse the water or the edge or outside your shower. When you're taking a shower, you know, both those things are possible. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of us have favorite crystals that we use, and I'm certainly, I have so many favorite crystals around here, hundreds, (laughs) you know, so it's something that I use very often. And Mm -hmm. it's something that I just, it speaks to me on a deep level, you know, that I can have this thing for transformation and it helps me. And we've seen science over time too, things like lithium and things like that, that actually turned into medications mm-hmm. from stones, you know, so they really do have a healing power. Yeah. And that's something I wanted to highlight that, yes, maybe you're not used to working with water the same way. I'm not hundred percent, you know, always used to working with water, but I am used to working with stones. So I can access that water energy through certain stones, stones like mm-hmm. turquoise or, you know, some of the other watery ones that people use to represent that energy. Okay. And talk to us a bit about, you mentioned that the spiritual bath. Some people think that a spiritual bath is just for um, getting rid of negative energy, but you can use a spiritual bath in many ways along with the floor washes. Um, So how can we use a spiritual bath to help us heal the physical, mental, and emotional that we're not necessarily even aware of that we're going through something? I think it's great. I think this is one of these times where folklore and also science have proven exactly what we knew as magical people all along. Something like putting Epsom salts into your bath that will drain out toxins, but it'll also drain out negativity. And it's something that people have been using for over a hundred years. My great grandmother used Epsom salts, Mm -hmm. you know? So yes, it can be fancy and you can buy fancy preparations and have it infused with oils and things like that, or have your own special oils that you really like and infuse use it with that and put that into the bathtub. I like to tailor it to whoever is using it. And that's why I think one-on-one magic is really good. I really value you being an intuitive person because then you get to work with those energies on an individual basis. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is not going to help everybody the same way every medication exactly. is going to help everybody. So yes, I can say rose quartz is something that's really good to use for healing and for blessings, but some people might hate it. It just might rub them the wrong way. And they will be a lot more receptive to a different kind of quartz for healing, like citrine, for example, mm-hmm. or maybe they're attracted to dark stones like black onyx or something like black tourmaline, which will absorb all the negativity and also create something in its wake. Because we have to remember that so much of magic is about balance. And if we're taking something away, we've got to fill it up with something good. And I think that this is something to be mindful of when you're doing any kind of thing, a floor wash or a blessing. And the ATR is usually what we do is we'll do something for cleansing and then we'll do something for blessing right afterwards. And it doesn't have to be gigantic. It could be, I like to have a spray bottle. So that way I can just spray the doors, spray the doormats, spray the bed, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah, that works works out pretty good. 
Um, and quite easy. Like, say you're a person for whatever reason you can't get into a bath. Can you utilize this in a shower or even soaking your feet in a tub of water with all of the ingredients? Oh, most certainly. Definitely. I like to recommend people if they're just going to be doing their feet that they do their feet and then both their hands for a few minutes, because that way everywhere they walk and everything they touch will be influenced by this. But when I was living in the city, I lived in an apartment. And for some reason, I never saw the bathroom before I rented it. So Mm -hmm. I spent 11 years in an apartment without a tub and I would get a big tub and crawl into it with all the herbs and crystals and, you know, holy water and rose water and all of that mm-hmm. when I needed to. It was okay. ridiculous. <laughs> no, no, it was actually good. I was going to ask you about the different waters because, you know, you go online and you read about Florida water and Hoyt's cologne, which is, I guess, a form of water and all of these different waters. Does it really matter? It depends on what you're trying to do. I think, you know, I'm a big believer in using tap water in a mindful way. This Mm -hmm. comes from your spirit of place. If I, most people, it comes from a local area. So that's the water that snaked underneath through all those pipes and made it directly to you. So that's the water that has all the magic, you know, specifically picked up for you along the way, all the energy and everything like that. But when you're trying to do something that's a little bit simpler or more complicated, rather, you might want to use something. A lot of people like to use holy water. You can Mm -hmm. get holy water from a church or sometimes, you know, if you're from a different system, I've gotten holy water from Hindu temples or holy water from, you know, people that were Wiccan or Mm -hmm. practiced witchcraft and just got them to bless the water in a magical way. My priest likes to bless it by throwing it up in the air, which puts it in the realm of of the ancestors and the spirits and then catching Uh it. Oh, that's cool. I love that. Yeah. I just love that. Yeah. I got chills on that one, folks. So, yeah. you know, that's one for you guys <laughs> to pay attention to. But, you know, the one thing we were all told by whomever that's in authority with health, drink water, drink water. You don't drink enough water. So, of course, we need to up our water intake. But can we ingest certain gym waters or herbal infused waters to accelerate any healing or to maybe even get rid of some energy that we don't want? Definitely. I would explore, like I said, if you have one that you really love and you're thinking about putting it in water, check it out. There are ones that are safer. There's ones that are less safe. There are ones that are already made. So I would definitely Mm -hmm. suggest those kinds of things. You know, me personally, I like to use I'm just a big quartz fan. It does mm-hmm. everything. In in Brazil, they use quartz as sort of an all-purpose kind of thing where you can use it for every single one of the deities down there for every purpose. And then you can put your own sacred energy into it. And it's so readily obtained, especially in this country. You know, we have a ton of it. Mm-hmm. Now, the one thing that you ha- I haven't asked you about, and I'm going to now, is waterfalls. Um, in your book, you talk about uh, different sacred um, water sites, but Niagara Falls, girl, I I went there when I was a kid and haven't been back. It's like a bucket list thing to go back, but it was so freaking powerful. Even just the drive to once you got into the general vicinity, it like flipped the script on my aura and my being. So talk to us about waterfalls and how powerful they can be for us in transforming energy. 
It's so immensely powerful. You know, we're coming up on the middle of July, which is the time where everybody travels to the sacred waterfalls at Sado in Haiti. And this is like a pilgrimage that everybody makes for healing over mm -hmm. the three days from the 14th to the 16th. And it's something that they've done for hundreds of years. And it's sort of a reclaiming because there was a sacred tree there that the Catholics tried to suppress and cut down. And then even more people went out and, <laughs> and they decided to make their magic there. And it really became this healing and transformational site. But we can certainly see the healing power of things like Niagara. It was such an honor for me in the book to have my dear friend, which Dr. Utu write a passage. They have a sacred men's drum group up there in the Niagara mm -hmm. region. They've been in place there for over 20 years they have a temple at the end of the Underground Railroad. So there's all that sacred energy of Niagara and all the people that lived there from the indigenous people with the Maids of the Mist and all those legends coming mm -hmm. up through modern time and how it's just such a powerful site. And it allows for transformation because it really is a site of in-between. You know what I mean? When you see mm -hmm. it, that was the thing that surprised me so much the first time when I rolled up on the American side. It looks like you don't really know something is coming. And mm -hmm. then, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? That was coming? Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> the immensity of it mm -hmm. and the beauty is so powerful, so powerful. It, and there's so many. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say there's so many. That was one of the beautiful things about writing the book. I got to research like Snoqualmie Falls up in the Pacific Northwest mm -hmm. and how they have their own native legends in the area about, again, how this is a site of power and transformation and love in so many ways, too, which I find interesting because, again, when we look at Sado and Haiti, that has in a large part to do with Urzuli, the Loa of love down there, the one who's in charge of emotions and feeling. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is echoed in some of these different sites around the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, folks get out there, explore, go do and and, you know, pay attention because water is necessary. Our bodies are composed of what, 90% water. So it's kind of a necessary thing. Now, Lilith, when we go to your uh, website, lilithdorsey.com, I'm going to, they're going to see your beautiful face smiling so nicely. And um, tell us about the, your other books. Give us a synopsis of a, your other books that you've written. Okay. Well, my first book was Voodoo in Africa. Afro-Caribbean Paganism, which has just been re-released and retitled. Oh, congratulations. Voodoo and African Traditional Religion. So I'm so excited about that. It, I really rewrote the whole thing. My godson opened it the other day and he's like, this is a completely different book. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, it is. I rewrote every single chapter. There's a new chapter in there about protest and protection that I wrote in the wake of George Floyd and Breonna mm. Taylor and the protests and the protection that we need today. So that's really special to me. And also I have my best-selling book, Arisha's Goddesses and Voodoo Queens, which I never thought I would sell a best-selling book. So that's amazing Yay. to me. And, and that book is wonderful, folks. I bought that book way before I knew I was gonna like have this interview or even in, engage with this person. Fabulous. Go on. <laughs> well, yeah, that was that's the book I really wanted to write. It's an ode to the divine feminine. I wrote it for my daughters because they told us everything African was bad and everything feminine was bad. And I knew that wasn't true. And and when my daughter got to college, her anthro professor brought the book up to her and was like, is this your mom? And she was like, yes. And I was so happy. I was just so happy. You mm -hmm. know, so that was beautiful to me. And then I also have my book, Love Magic which mm -hmm. people can get if they want to do anything about that. 
and I have two ebooks, 55 Ways to Connect to Goddess, and I have a cookbook, the African American Ritual Cookbook, that people can get. Oh, absolutely love it. And um, I saw something, I can't find it now that I'm talking to you, but I found someplace that you have something coming right up, some type of ceremony. Um, I have, let's see, what's the next thing that I have? I have two events coming up. I have Hexfest in person in August here in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And then I have an Earth Warriors event coming up in the end of September in Ohio. Both of those are wonderful events. I've gone for years. I highly recommend them. Okay. And are you taking on um, new clients currently? Always. I'm always taking on <laughs> reading clients and uh-huh. uh, I'm also taking on students and people usually have to get a reading first to see what the best way is to proceed. But uh-huh. that's what I recommend. Just check out my website and you can find out information on how to do that. Okay. And folks, she also has a blog on her website and there's a lot of information there and you know, take a few moments, okay, because you're worth it. Invest that time, take a few moments and explore because you're going to like what you see. And um, if you just look at her face, you see the energy, you see she's pure. She's a lady who walks her talk, okay? And she's not afraid to call you on your BS either. And that's bullshit, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if her energy appeals to you, you know, check her out because I truly enjoyed um, her book, Orisha's Goddesses and Voodoo. And then uh, the Water Magic book is definitely a keeper on my shelf. And you guys know I get, you know, 40, 50 books across my desk each week. I can't keep them all. Okay. But she is definitely a keeper. Uh, Lilith, what words of wisdom or pearl of wisdom would you like to leave with our audience today? Uh, I'll say what my grandfather used to say, keep scratching. That was his advice. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I think that's great advice. Uh-huh. Scratching everybody. That's sometimes what we have to do in order to get where we need to be. So just ashe and blessings. And thank you so much, Monique, for having me on today. This is wonderful. Oh, thank you for agreeing to be on. I am truly honored myself. And yes, folks, keep scratching because you don't know what you're going to unearth if you keep on scratching. So thank you so much, Lilith, for your time today. I greatly appreciate it. And thank you to the audience for being with us as we collectively get over it. Uh, And remember that the most important choice that you can make is uh, what you choose to make important. Consider making the masterful choice of connecting with your ancestors. About the blessings, light, and love to all. Agape. Agape.